1: Visit livenation.com slash concertweek to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and
2: two-door cinema club. First things first, this is about truth-telling. I have no agenda. Hero, I always have questions. What's the problem? That's just who I am. This is what No Mercy is all about. Hey, here I come. You can book it. Ah! This is the moment of a lifetime. Uh-huh. The clock's ticking like my lifeline. Until I flatline, I push it to the red line. Who gon' stop me, high, Who gon' stop me high? Breathtaking a move that I make. I give it everything I got. Cause that what it takes. I push the limit till it breaks. The heart of the brave, the soul of a legend with the will to be great, Hold up. Welcome. <laughs> Hypocrisy reigns. Surprise, surprise. You know what else reigns? Money. Lots of it. The Stephen A. Smith Show coming at you right now. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the latest edition of the Stephen A. Smith Show. Coming at you live right here on YouTube. Every, you know, pretty much not every weekday, but I try to come at least three times a week at you every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. It was altered a bit this week because I ran into some travel difficulties Monday, hopping from Denver, Colorado to Miami, Florida for the NBA finals. That's why I did a show yesterday. That's why I'm back with you today. My regularly scheduled Wednesday uh show. And obviously I'll be here Friday as well. As usual, I'm here with you. Thanks. Um in studio. Thanks to our official studio sponsor FanDuel Sportsbook. FanDuel is the official sports betting company of The Stephen A. Smith Show. want to give you a reminder when you're looking at this podcast, obviously my subscriber my subscriber's base continues to grow. It's blowing up. I really, really appreciate the love. Please keep it coming. Thank you so much. Make sure to like and follow and hit the notification bell to get updated with all our new content, okay? That's something that's very, very important for you to do. By the way, something else I added to this podcast. I love communicating with callers. I love taking live callers. I love getting live questions, whether it be over social media, email or regard or beyond the bottom line is I love communicating with my audience because I wouldn't be where I am today. If it were not for that audience, I like that interaction, that communication. I don't give a damn whether it's negative or positive. Keep it coming. I'm going to keep answering those questions. Submit your questions in the chat throughout the show. And I'll make sure to answer at least a few of them at the end of the show. So stay tuned. You never know. It might be your question that I end up answering because I do get a lot of them. Make no mistake about it. Let's get right to it because I got a couple of things in the, theme for today's show is hypocrisy reigns. Now you might sit up there and say, what the hell am I talking about? I'll get into it in a minute. First order of business, I want to congratulate the city of Miami, um, uh, Miami's uh, MLS team, because... They have acquired Lionel Messi for all intent and purposes. The superstar soccer player has decided that he's going to depart uh, from the PSG League, uh, the Paris Saint-Germain or Germain. I forgot the name of it. I'm just trying to elocute some French, but I don't know any damn French. So you're going to have to forgive me for that. I'm going to say Paris Saint-Germain. I'm going to go with that, okay? He's departed from that league to um, bring his talents to South Beach. I mean, this is a very, very big deal, ladies and gentlemen. This dude, even though he's 35 years of age, is a superstar. This is not David Beckham coming to the United States and joining the LA Galaxy in the MLS in 2007, where he was clearly beyond his prime. This is a different animal right here. Lionel Messi literally, literally just finished coming off the World Cup. This man is the real deal. Make no mistake about it. He's something special, even at the age of 35. And as I look at him and I look at some of these numbers and some of the things that he's accomplished, I just can't say enough about him right now. It's in, it's incredibly impressive. Believe it or not, he just finished winning the world cup, just finished winning it. And he decides to depart to bring his talents to Miami, Florida. Now, Listen, we don't want to disrespect anything in the United States of America. We try to big up our country as much as we possibly can. But this is a virtual G League compared to all of those leagues in Europe. We got to understand it. We got to respect that. So think about the star that he was over in Europe. And think about him coming here to a virtual G League compared to the competition he's accustomed to facing. Do you? Can you imagine what he is going to do to kind of show that he's going to put on how sensational this man is? It's a very big deal. A very big deal. He said, I've made the decision that I'm going to Miami. I still don't have it agreed upon 100% and a few things are needed, but, well, we decided to continue my path there, Messi said. After winning the World Cup and not being able to return to Barcelona, it was my turn to go to the League of the United States to live football in another way and to enjoy the day-to-day more. Obviously, with the same responsibility and desire to play well and do things well as always, But in a calmer way, calmer as in C-A-L-M-E-R, we all see the footage. If you're not, if you're an American citizen and you don't get the opportunity to go up to Europe, over to Europe, all you could go is by what you see on television. But he would know because he's from Argentina. He played in Paris. He played in various leagues, played in Barcelona. You understand what he brings to the table. He knows a thing or two about life over there. It's incredibly intense. You got, they live for this stuff. And they're ready to do harm to people who don't give max effort. Could you imagine load management going on over in Europe with their soccer leagues? Could y'all imagine what that would be like? I'm looking at my staff over here. Could you imagine what it would be like if somebody tried to engage in load management over in Europe playing for soccer? There would be blood in the streets. You'd hear about an athlete passing away, God rest his soul. That's what you'd hear about. They ain't playing that nonsense over there. So let's just understand that, okay? One of the things that pointed out here, though, is this. This is what I'm talking about here. Sources confirm the ESPN's Jeff Carlisle that terms include an option for part ownership of Inter Miami. That's the team he's coming to join. A last place team, by the way. Not only is it the G League, but it's the last place team in the G League. That's who Lionel Messi is now joining. It includes an option for part ownership into Miami, but would not be subsidized by the league as they did for David Beckham in 2007. When Beckham moved to the L.A. Galaxy, he was given the option to purchase an MLS team for a discounted price of $25 million. ESPN also confirmed that a cut of revenue from new, from new subscribers to Apple TV's MLS season past streaming service was part of the negotiations. So there's a lot of people that's going to try to get sanctimonious and they're going to try to sit up there and say, you know what? He wasn't the live golfers. He didn't want to go over to Saudi Arabia. He wanted to make sure to exercise his conscience. And that's why. Could it ever occur to you that the 400 million that reportedly the Saudi Arabians club, Al-Halil or Halal, Al-Halal for the Saudi Arabian club? It ever occurred to y'all that the 400 million dollars they offered Lionel Messi reportedly ain't. Nothing compared to what he's going to get from this deal if it includes new subscribers to Apple TV's MLS season pass streaming service. If that's a part of the negotiations, plus Adidas is a part of the negotiation, plus the salary from the team is a part of the mix. He very well could end up with over 400 million. In the long run. It's about dollars, ladies and gentlemen, and this man is getting some of it. I'd like to point out that when I titled this particular episode, Hypocrisy Reigns, if an NFL or an NBA player got that kind of deal, even if it was a superstar that was worth it, do you know how they would react to that in the United States of America? Do you know how they would react to that? You know the answer to that. But I'm not going there. Yet. Give it a few minutes. Let me transition to the NBA playoffs. And let me say this to you. I'm not going to belabor this issue. I know Jokic is something that's big time. I know Jamal Murray's only shooting 33% from three point range. And when he shoots 40% or better in these playoffs, they're undefeated. When Jokic scores over 40 points, they're winless. When he scores under 40 points, they're 13 and one in these playoffs. We understand the big two is what leads the way for the Denver Nuggets, even though Cantavius Caldwell Pope, Adam, Aaron Gordon, uh, you know, Michael Porter Jr., Bruce Brown, Jeff Green, although they're expected to make their contributions because we know how big time they are. Let's just be real about something here. It starts to start with Jokic and Murray, and we're going to see as the games progress what they bring to the table in the case of the Miami Heat. Jimmy Butler was playing lights out first round series against Milwaukee. Averaged about 37 points on better than 52% shooting. Ever since that time, he's shooting like 41% from the field over the last 10 games or so. Hasn't been his regular potent offensive self in these playoffs, at least the way that it started. But I will tell you this. He'll need to do so tonight, the game three, as far as I'm concerned, for in order for Miami to win this game. Now, others do can step up. They have seven undrafted players. A lot of them have stepped up to the plate. Gabe Vincent has had a good series thus far. Caleb Martin had a great Eastern Conference Finals. Duncan Robinson scored 10 points in the fourth quarter of Game 2 to help them win that game. We get all of that. We understand it. Tyler Hero, he's not going to be back for Game 3, but he's expected to be back at some point in time this series, so we'll see what he brings to the table for the Miami Heat, assuming he's healthy. Eric Spoelstra made an adjustment in the starting lineup, putting in Kevin Love. That was nice. Because Kevin Love gives you additional size. He's a perimeter threat because he can shoot from threes. But he's an excellent rebounder. And you need that extra big body to throw at Jokic or an Aaron Gordon. That's what you needed. That's what Eric Spoelstra did in inserting him into the lineup and bringing Caleb Martin off the bench. Can't go small against Denver. But in the end, what it comes down to is that the Miami Heat, in order to win this series, is going to have to be what they've been throughout this postseason, the better three-point shooting team. It's just that simple. Boston was beating them in practically every category in the Eastern Conference Finals. Better rebounding, better fast break points, better second chance points, better field goal percentage shooting. But when it came to the three, Miami was making them. And when Miami shoots better than forty-eight percent from three in this postseason, as they did in Game Two, they're undefeated. They're like six and zero in the playoffs. When they hit threes, they can beat, they can beat Denver. If they're not hitting threes, they have no chance. It really, really comes down to that. And Butler's key because Butler will hit perimeter shots as opposed to threes, even though he's capable of hitting the occasional three. But the biggest thing he does is set up the three-point shooters. That's going to need to happen in order for Miami to win this game. I still have Denver winning this series, but Miami could turn it around and beat them. I can't sleep on that. Now let me get to what I really, really wanted to talk about. Now that I've got Lionel Messi and the NBA Finals out of the way, I got a lot of stuff on my mind that I wanted to read to y'all because it's some stuff that really, really raked my nerves. And I went off a little bit on about it on television this morning. I'm gonna get I'm gonna get on it again because to me, <clears throat> you can love or hate me or anybody else as long as you stand on what you believe and you're honest and open about it, it's cool. It's the hypocrisy that really, really gets to me. And I bring that up because it's been on my mind since I was talking about Live Golf's merger with the PGA yesterday. See, it's not just about golf anymore. Just like Lionel Messi coming here as an elite superstar in the sport of soccer, which they call football in Europe, Which is why he was alluding to a different kind of football here in the States, because football here in America is about the National Football League. It ain't about soccer. It damn sure ain't the MLS. But I'm going to tell y'all something right now. Hypocrisy is a transcendent word. It knows no specific genre. It knows no specific race, color or creed. It knows no limitations. And when I think about hypocrisy, I was thinking about Live Golf and the PGA, and everybody's getting on Jay Monahan, the commissioner of the PGA, because of the flaming hypocrite that he was. The same guy that was talking about banning players, that was suspending players, that wanted nothing to do with players, that departed from the PGA to go and play for Live Golf, even though they were making more money and playing less and not being run into the ground in the process, he still bitterly disputed. Their desires to go elsewhere, so much so that he went up to Capitol Hill and tried to talk about the human rights violations that Saudi Arabia as a government was committing and how the United States shouldn't allow them to infiltrate the proceedings and therefore develop their own golf league that would compromise the successes of the PGA. This is that same guy, Jay Monaghan, the PGA commissioner. They got Tiger Woods to side with him. They got Rory McIlroy to side with him. That talked like uh that, that talked about Brooks Kepka and Dustin Johnson and them like dogs. That man, role reversed. And like a thief in the night did a deal with to merge the PGA with Liv Golf. And I don't blame him one bit. I know he's a flaming hypocrite. I know that he, he, somebody, some of the golfers are looking at him like he's straight garbage right now. And damn it, he might deserve it. But it doesn't mean that he made the wrong decision. It means he made the right decision in this particular equation because here is the reality. We don't want to hear a damn thing from Tiger Woods. Tiger Woods got a stake in, in, in the golf channel. He's got a connection business-wide as PGA. We don't want to hear about him from him like he's some objective observer or he's some patriot. We don't want to hear that nonsense from Tiger Woods. I don't know enough about Rory McIlroy and some of the things that he said, other than he still can't stand them and wish they disappear. But the bottom line is, if you want to play golf, you're going to have to live with this marriage. The public investment fund of the Saudi Arabians, run by the crown prince, is worth over seven hundred and thirty billion dollars. They threw at least two billion into live golf. There was so much money here you can't avoid it. And what really, really rakes my nerves was the hypocrisy of it all. I saw statements from congressional figures, one from Oregon, another from Connecticut talking smack about the PGA's merger with Saudi Arabia live golf. the nerve the nerve that a government official from the United States of America would open their mouths and speak out against the PGA. Are you kidding me? I got notes here, guys. You got to keep receipts for some of this stuff, okay? And I'm putting on my glasses again because I want to make sure I read it correctly. I don't want to sit up there and have my vision fogged up or whatever the case may be. I want y'all to understand something because I got some notes here for you, all right? First of all, from a business perspective for golf, in 2023, the PGA Championship ratings were down 14% year over year and were a 15-year low for CBS television. The 2.6 rating for the exciting final round was the lowest for final round coverage in at least 42 years. Yes, the Masters got their numbers. They had a good telecast, okay? All right, it was the most watched golf telecast in five years. I'm talking about the final round of this year's Masters, all right? But the reality is, is that the PGA championship those ratings were what they were what they were i understand people that's going to have a problem with the fact that the saudis are the sole investors they have right of first refusal for everything you can't do anything with the pga unless you go through saudi arabia in order to do it because that's what they did that's what the, that's the investment that they made why did the pga allow that because they wanted the money you want to say they sold out i'm sorry who's not selling out who's not selling out I sit up there. I'm looking at these numbers right here: Tiger, Aurora, Rory, and other golfers who spurn Live's office. Tiger reportedly turned down 800 million, so he missed out on a huge payday. Though no one knows if Phil Mickelson, Brooks, Dustin Johnson, Karen Smith, Bryson DeChambeau, and the other Live golfers will receive all of their guaranteed money with the merger. We don't know the answer to those questions. Who cares at this particular point? Because this is the thing that we have to pay attention to. I'm just. I just looked this up. And I got all of this information myself. Let me share it with y'all so you can talk about the hypocrisy. This is when I bring in the government. This is when I bring in these damn politicians. This is when I bring in the duplicitous ways that they do think sometimes. Saudi Arabia's sovereign wealth fund snapped snapped up stakes worth at least seven point seven billion dollars in the United States and European blue chip companies during the first three months of this year. The investments include stakes in Boeing, Disney, Bank of America, Facebook, Marriott, Pfizer, Starbucks, recent data on U.S., Saudi Arabia trade data. As recently as 2019, the United States goods and services traded with Saudi Arabia totaled an estimated $38.7 billion. Exports were $24.9 billion. Imports were $14.9 billion for a trade surplus of $9 billion dollars. Saudi Arabia was listed as our 27th largest goods trading partner as recently as 2019. Prominent U.S. companies that do business with Saudi Arabia. Are you ready? AT&T, Bank of America, Chase Manhattan Bank, Chevron, Sigma, Citicorp, Coca-Cola, Exxon, Ford Motor Company, General Electric, IBM, JP Morgan, Motorola, Pepsi Cola, Pfizer, Procter and Gamble, Shell, Texaco. And by the way the public investment fund is the sovereign wealth fund of Saudi Arabia like I just told you and I just told you they are one and the same it's a 730 million dollar fund that manages roughly 35 sorry, I'm sorry 730 billion dollar fund that manages a roughly 35 billion dollar portfolio of US equities according to Bloomberg For the record I have no problem with any of these businesses If Live Golf had called me because it was live basketball and they wanted to talk about doing business, I would have considered it. If the United States of America as a government can do business with Saudi Arabia, with a proud prince that allegedly killed the journalist Khashoggi a few years back. If the president can go over there and give him a fist bump, if the government can do business with them, if a multitude of U.S. corporations can do business with them, what's wrong with the individual golfer? What the hell is wrong with y'all? This is the hypocrisy that I'm talking about that makes no sense. This is the hypocrisy that's going on in the United States of America as we speak. We live in a society where we will sit up there and even, and and by the way, it's transcendent color. You used to disreserve this kind of double standard for black folks in the world of athletics. So on a good side, it's nice to see you bringing other ethnicities to the party when you're pointing the finger. And whether it's Lord Rory McIlroy with the PGA or Brooks Koepka with with, with Liv Golf. It's nice to see that it ain't a separate rules for folks, but it's still hypocritical. Golf is a business, just like any of those businesses I mentioned. I have no problem with doing business with them. But if I did have a problem with golf doing business with them, I would have a problem with all of those other businesses doing business with Saudi Arabia. I would have a problem with all with our government doing business with Saudi Arabia. Do you want your oil? I'm looking here. I see Shell. I see Texaco. I see Chevron. E- You want want your oil, don't you? You want some gas, don't you? It's amazing. The hypocrisy that we put on display. This is our problem. It's the lack of consistency. We got people in Capitol Hill on their high horses actually trying to hold the PGA accountable and calling them hypocrites while you do business with the Saudi Arabian government. Well, then why are you doing business with them? What's good for you can't be good for us. And it transcends everything. When we talk about stuff like universal health care and we got politicians that are opposed to it. This is why the American people ask, well, what is your health care coverage? Because if you're willing to deny it to the American citizens, are you willing to deny it to yourself? There are perks that you receive. Well, why do American people complain about that? Because are you willing To allow them to receive the same perks you potentially receive. This is what I'm talking about. This is the app. This is the hypocrisy that rakes this nation. We got to literally, literally. I'm on the air last night with Sean Hannity on Fox News, and this dude. And y'all know I'm cool with him. I don't hide it. He's been a guest on here before. He'll be back again. Just like I'm going to have Democrats like Chris Cuomo, Andrew Cuomo as well, and other Democrats who will be here again. I'll get into all of that. But he's going off about Chris Christie and some of his transgressions and just ignoring what Trump did. Like tens of millions of people ignore what Trump did. But Colin Kaepernick took a knee, and that's a problem. LeBron James is still doing business. Whether it's with China or somebody else, that's a problem. Every time we turn around, y'all look for every excuse to hold somebody in the sports world, in particular athletes, more accountable. For playing a sport, then you're willing to hold folks accountable who have dominion over our lives as politicians. There is not a professional golfer, a professional basketball player, a professional football player that influences immigration policy, healthcare, the economy, immigration. None of them are doing that. None of them. But the PGA decides we don't want to sink into the toilet financially. So we're going to do business with the Saudi Arabians and get a piece of that $2 billion pot that they've got. Which is only going to elevate the profile and fatten the coffers of the sport of golf golf worldwide. And they're the ones who should be ashamed of themselves. This is the bullshit. This is our problem. That's why I titled this show Hypocrisy Reigns. It doesn't stop. It doesn't stop. So many of you out there cease to amaze me. Politicians, USA Today, Washington Post, various websites, radio pundits, and all of this other stuff, TV commentators. Everybody's up in arms. But business as usual has been going on with our government and corporate America with the Saudis for years. You never said a word. You never said a word. I give it to you. Y'all are something else. I swear. Y'all are something else. Last point before I go to break. Supposedly people are critical of LeBron James and Kyrie Irving because they made news because supposedly, reportedly, they're talking about playing together. Well, folks get a life. These are two dudes that won a championship together. They ain't going to the Dallas Mavericks, by the way. Sorry. Because Dallas Mavericks ain't got nothing to give away outside of Luka Doncic. And they ain't giving away Luka Doncic. So the Dallas Mavericks have nothing to offer. You can't get LeBron away from the Los Angeles Lakers, get the hell over it. They want to play together. Kyrie Irving's going to have to find a way to get himself to the Lakers because LeBron ain't leaving, especially since his son decided to play at USC this upcoming season. This is the same LeBron James that said all he he has left that he wants to do outside of trying to win the championship, all he has left that he wants to do is play with his son. He wants his son to make the NBA and LeBron James wants to go and play with his son as a teammate for his first year in the NBA. That's all LeBron wants. LeBron is at his high school games, every chance he gets. And now his son, who had an opportunity to go to Ohio State, I'm telling you what I know, decided that he wanted to stay in Tinseltown and go to USC. And you're trying to tell me that LeBron's going to leave to go to Texas? Really? 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 It's not even a story. And it ain't even Kyrie and LeBron's fault. Just because they ain't in the finals doesn't mean that they have to be quiet. So we want to honor the NBA and let's keep our attention focused on Denver and Miami. That's Denver and Miami's responsibility to make sure the attention stays focused on them. And the league, not LeBron James and Kyrie. It's not their problem. Get over it. Just get over it. Got a lot more to get into on this subject of hypocrisy because that ain't going anywhere. I got some more targets that I'm going to hit. Find out who they are up next. You're listening to The Stephen A. Smith Show. Don't touch that dial. I'll be back with more in a minute. This is the moment of a lifetime. The clock's sticking like my lifeline. Until I flatline, I push it to the red line. Who gonna stop me high? Who gonna stop me high? Welcome back to Stephen A. Smith Show, right here on um, YouTube, coming at you as I love to do. Um, every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific. Make sure to like and follow, and hit the notification bell to get updated with our all new content. With all of our new content, I'm sorry, uh, because it's something that I want you to do. Obviously, my followers are growing and growing by leaps and bounds. I expected some success. I didn't expect the kind of success that I've been receiving over the last several weeks. So I want to thank my team. want to thank the audience. want to thank the subscribers and the soon-to-be subscribers as well, because it's not fading. As long as you want me here, I'm going to be here. I love doing this podcast. I love doing this show. So let's continue flowing. Let's continue to allowing it to grow. Also at the end of the show, I'm going to take your questions. I'm going to make sure that that's something that I do uh, because I love interacting with my audience. I can't wait until the the technology is up to snuff where I can take live callers because I love doing that. Love doing that. Doesn't matter. You know me, y'all. Y'all know my reputation. I will hang up on your ass. You do know that, right? I don't care how good. Don't ask stupid questions. Don't get obnoxious. You know what I will do. You understand? But it's all love. It's all love. By the way, Zion Williamson and porn stars. Evidently, I got to talk about that. Stay tuned. Don't go anywhere. Young NBA star appears to have a proclivity for certain things. And that has gone viral. I'll mention it before the show is over. Trust you me. But I want to get back to what I was talking about in terms of hypocrisy reigning. And perhaps in some people's eyes, this might not be hypocrisy or anything like that. And it may have nothing to do with the subject. But to me, to some degree, it does. (sighs) Governor Chris Christie, formerly the governor of New Jersey. The former governor of Indiana, Mike Pence, who happens happens to be the former vice president of the United States, have both announced that they're running for the presidency. There are now eight GOP candidates. Okay, Um, I don't care to discuss all of them. I'm not about to. And I'm not about to get into politics too much. What I will tell you is this. I think Chris Christie is a long shot. I know him. I like him. He'll be on the show soon, by the way. Um, I think he's smart. I think he's tough. I don't think he's backing down from anybody. He clearly is going to go after Trump. I don't know whether that's going to work, but I do think it's important to not back down and to stand up for yourself and to do everything that you can to gear towards the issues as opposed to name calling. But we all know that Trump will come up with something. Just like he said, little here, little Marco, as in Marco Rubio, the senator out of Florida years ago. Uh, What he tied away, he talked about Carla Fiorini uh, back in the day, um, in 2016. um, When he talked about Jeb Bush and intimated that he was low energy, uh, like he's been calling Ron DeSantis, Ron DeSanctimonious. Lord knows what he's going to come up. What names he's going to come up with for Chris Christie, his friend for over 22 years, the former governor of New Jersey, who is smart as a whip, tough as hell, uh, but obviously doesn't have a flawless record. They're giving him like a 6% chance. We'll see what happens. Um, In the case of Mike Pence, I'm not going to lie to you. I don't want to hear from this man. I don't want to hear from this man. Now he's on a campaign trail and saying, Trump doesn't need to be president. He's not good for this country. And, you know, alluding to things that happened during the insurrection on January 6, 2021, et cetera, et cetera. Man, you're about two years too late. I understand you, the former vice president of the United States, you were in the room with Trump helping him pick out federal judges select Supreme Court nominees, supposedly. And, you know, you played a role in policies that were implemented to, that the Republicans love so much, so be it. All I know is that you've been as quiet as a mouse for two years. This man went and addressed a rally, had no opposition posed no opposition to people saying, hang Mike Pence. Literally, literally, you had folks that busted through windows and doors and gates and cops where five people at least were killed. Couple committed suicide days later. But nevertheless, it was all associated with the insurrection. Your family was in danger, Mike Pence. You've never said anything. You know what it's tantamount to? Just looking at my team saying this. You know what it's to? It's tantamount to... Certainly, let me, let me take that back. It's not tantamount to because this is far more serious than the example that I'm about to give up. But it's almost like people who never wanted to talk and never had a damn thing to say when they were professional athletes or executives or coaches, but then all of a sudden want to be pundits on television the minute their careers are over. It doesn't work! If you were reluctant to talk when people were clamoring for you to open your damn mouth... Now that you're not as relevant as you once were, was, we don't want to hear from you now. We don't want to hear from you now. The last person in the world that I would want to hear from. And remember, I'm not getting into policy. I'm not talking politics right now. I'm saying, if you Mike Pence, with all the stuff that went on, the way those people came after you, your life was in danger. Your family's life was in danger. If I recall correctly, they were in the Capitol. And if I'm wrong about that, I apologize, but I'm pretty sure I'm not. You never said anything. Now here you come chirping. We don't care. We don't care. When your voice would have resonated more profoundly, you said nothing. Now you did the right thing. But not violating the Constitution and making sure that the certification of Joe Biden for the presidency went through, because obviously that was the right legal, constitutionally correct thing to do. So your actions are your actions. But in terms of your words and your rhetoric, you were quiet as a mouse. Go on, man. Go do something else. Nobody cares The see you running for the presidency we don't get what you have to say now you didn't tell us when it counted so that's just the way that it is and maybe that's not hypocrisy to you but that's somewhat hypocritical to me you quiet as a mouse when it counts but now that it serves your benefit you think because it's going to help you win a presidency that you damn sure ain't gonna win here you come singing like a bird we don't care now we cared then and you said nothing I don't care what Mike Pence has to say now. Not even a little bit. Want to get to something else too. Did y'all hear that um, the head of CNN, Chris Lick, L-I-C-H-T, stepped down as head of CNN, effective immediately, obviously pushed out by David Zasloff. We all know what that's about head of Discovery, which obviously owns CNN. The man that brought him in, booted him out. It reads, here, "Lick's departure represents a dramatic fall after only 13 months when he departed as an executive producer of Stephen Colbert's top-rated late-night show and vowed to bring a middle-of-the-road balance. When he took the job, he told friends it was a calling. An interim group of CNN leaders, Amy Entel's Virginia Mosley, Eric Sherling... David Levy will take over before a permanent leader is installed. I feel bad. I'm not going to lie. Um, First things first. They've had no one that comes remotely close to replacing Chris Cuomo. I'm just going to say that. I like Chris Cuomo. Don't know all the details, not saying everything he did was right. Your brother's running. Your brother's a governor. Obviously having some of the accusations thrown in his direction. Could Chris Cuomo have handled it better? Sure. He came right on this podcast and explained that. Back in October, Chris Cuomo was right on this podcast. And he explained that. Go look at it. Go listen to it if you want to hear what Chris Cuomo had to say. But I am a fan of Chris Cuomo's. I think the man is smart as hell. I think he's tough as nails. I think whatever mistakes he's made, he's learned from them. He committed whatever mistakes he made in support of his big brother. Should have just recused himself, in my estimation. Took a break from television and came back after helping your brother. That's what I think he should have done. But that's hindsight. That's neither here nor there. I'm saying strictly as a television host and commentator, CNN has had no one, in my estimation, that remotely compares to Chris Cuomo. And in the perfect world, I think they should go back and get him. That's right. I said it. By the way, there have been times where, you know, I'm kind of thinking News Nation may have already seen it I don't know that to be true. I think Newsmax has. But Chris Cuomo. Sharp as attack, Knows his stuff. And if you're a centrist, leaning, tilting left, he's the perfect guy. We give everybody else second chances in this world, it seems. We don't mind doing business with the Saudi Arabian government, even though we want to complain about human rights violations. We had a president in the White House that broke all kind of rules and regulations and, and, and of decorum, at the very least. One lawsuit after another. He's still leading the polls for the Republican nomination. We can't forgive Chris Cuomo? I think we should. I think if you CNN, you're damn well better. You're damn well better. Because I don't see anything that you have that's going to replace him. I'm just telling you. Back to Chris Lick. I feel sorry for him. I feel very, very bad for him. And I'm going to tell you why I feel very bad for him. He's being blamed for a demise and a plummeting of a network that was never on top. I've been a guest on CNN. I respect the multitude of their hosts on CNN. From Anderson Cooper to to Wolf Blitzer to Jake Tapper, who I like, to Don Lemon, who I appeared on several occasions, to Chris Cuomo, who I've come to know. I have friends that work at CNN. I respect the hell out of CNN. But it's a numbers game. And the fact of the matter is, they've been in last place for a long time. Chris Litt came on board. And maybe he said some things in an effort to try to assuage the right or ingratiate himself with the right to get them as a part of his network again. Maybe in some people's eyes, he went about it wrongly because he was too willing to talk about what he thought plagued the network with the previous regime under Dave Zucker. I get it. But in the end, what was his goal? His goal was to find an audience because MSNBC has the left Fox News has the right, and CNN was was sharing the left audience with MSNBC. So because that was their reality, where were you going to go? If you're trying to be number one, you got to try something new. He leaned and tilted to the center. And he might have gone about it the wrong way by having a Trump town hall. And making sure the audience was filled with pro-Trump supporters. And because Trump being Trump was going to turn it into a damn infomercial, regurgitating election fraud, hinting at immigration laws being modified. So somebody, an illegal immigrant that enters the country and gives birth to a kid here, suddenly that doesn't necessarily make a kid an American citizen. This is the kind of Trump, the stuff Trump was saying. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, was abhorred by by that town hall. The Rep. Kissinger that said, Kinzinger, that stepped away from Illinois, he was appalled by it. Along with various others, Chris Lick tried something. It didn't work. He tried something because he was given the impression that he had time to try things and to make mistakes. And evidently, that wasn't the case. So in that regard, I'm just saying I feel bad. I feel bad because it was a sinking ship. I'm just reading from some of the ratings here. Ratings in June of 2022. Lick's first month on the job, the primetime lineup drew 654,000 total viewers on average per night. That was down 1%. The daytime audience shrank 3% in June to 487 viewers per day. Conversely, MSNBC, CNN's main competition in June 2022, viewership was up and tuned in for daytime coverage and analysis of the House hearings with an average of 767,000 viewers. That's nearly 300,000 more than CNN. The past month of May 2023, CNN averaged only 494,000 total primetime viewers. Number 14 on basic cable, down 1% from April. 416 total today viewers, number 5 on basic cable. Compared to April, CNN was down 16% in total primetime viewers and minus 16% amongst adults, 25 to 54. Ladies and gentlemen, that wasn't anything new. Even at their height... When they were getting record ratings for themselves because of Trump being in office and riding that Trump coattail, to ratings, they were still third to MSNBC and Fox News. What did you expect them to do? Just go along to get along and stay in last place? And I'm not denigrating or throwing insults at anybody at CNN or whatever. I respect the hell out of that network. I truly do. I respect MSNBC too And yes, I respect a lot of people on Fox News Yes, I do But let me be very, very clear It's a numbers game And it just seems to me that there's a whole bunch of people They want to talk about the importance of journalism And preserving journalism And fact-checking and getting your stuff right And all of that stuff is important They're right, they're not wrong But you got to add the importance of ratings to that because ratings pay the bills. And when those bills get paid, your bills get paid. And people who want to avoid that don't want to live in reality. They literally want to go on TV. If you are one of those people that think that way, that's what I mean by the saying that if you're one of those people that think that way, which is essentially saying is I want to be able to go on television and have no responsibility whatsoever to produce ratings. I just want to be able to do my job whether one person is watching or one million people are watching and I don't want to have to worry about my job security. That is not the real world. Chris Lick knew that and tried to alter this situation. It didn't work out for him. I'm sad that it didn't. But I know this much. He helped develop and create Morning Joe, which is a successful show on MSNBC. When he departed as EP, executive producer of Late Night with Stephen Colbert, they were number one and they've been number one. He's had some number ones associated with his career. So all of a sudden he got to CNN and forgot what he was doing. You sure about that? You sure about that? Because I'm not. Zion Williamson, before I get on out of here, along with your questions coming up next. You're listening live to The Stephen A. Smith Show. Don't touch that doll. This is the moment of a lifetime. Uh-huh. The clock's ticking like my lifeline. Until I flatline, I push it to the red line. Who to stop me high? Who gonna stop me high? Ah. <sighs> Welcome back right here to the Stephen A. Smith show. Um, make sure to like and follow and hit the notification bell to get updated with all of our new content. Um, yesterday. Reading some stuff for some whole gender reveal thing going on. Um, the name Zion Williamson came up. And for those of you who don't know. uh Zion Williamson is a star player for the New Orleans Pelicans. That's who he is. Um, He's in the news on the internet for the wrong reasons, because apparently, correct me if I'm wrong, looking at my team, he's about to be a daddy. He's about to be a dad. He's about to be a dad. And uh, uh, the person... who's about to make him a new father is not the person that was on social media talking about him. Now I know that it's my job to talk about the news, but I pride myself in not getting into people's personal business like that. I talk sports, I talk news, I talk current events, stuff like that. But I kind of refrain from the personal. Because there are certain lines that can't be crossed. But I do have an obligation to say this much. uh, Apparently, a girl by the name of Mariah Mills is all over the internet and calling him out by name, attaching his name to stuff and saying, giving Vivid details of their encounters with one another. She's a porn star. Now, y'all gonna sit up there and say, damn, where's Stephen A going with this? Where am I going? Are you ready for this? I'm kind of pissed. kind of pissed off. Because all I can think about is, man, you only played 29 games last year. And you missed the season before that. And I've been wondering what the hell is taking you so long to get healthy. Well, now I know. I mean, you know, forget all this stuff. That's his personal business. She put it out there. It's a damn shame. My advice to you youngins out there. You can't always police what your partner is going to do. What's going to be publicized, what's not going to be publicized. You got to cancel them immediately if they're willing to betray your trust like that. I know I would. Second order of business is that chances are if you mess with a porn star, it's going to be public. I don't call Jimmy Garoppolo porn star Jimmy for nothing. The man went to a damn restaurant in Mel- Melrose. In right, uh, I'm sorry, right there in Beverly Hills with the porn star. Clearly, you wanted everybody to know you, you porn star Jimmy. Porn star Zion doesn't exactly ring the same way as porn star Jimmy. But that porn star didn't talk about Garoppolo the way this one is talking about Zion. And I'm not going to repeat what she said. It's not appropriate, even for YouTube. I'm not doing it. I'm just not. I'm not. Because I don't care. You're young. You're not married. You can do what you want to do. With whomever you choose, it's your business. It's a damn shame she's putting your stuff out like that. need to cancel her. But there's a bigger issue here. I mean, she's a porn star. One with Samar, she's kind of... An expert at whatever it is she does. And uh, uh, you know, I've been waiting for the leg injury to cure to, to heal, Zion. I've been waiting wait for a while. Z been waiting for a while, New Orleans has been waiting for a while. I mean, we've been waiting, man. And I'm not gonna get into all of this. I'm just gonna say, yo, man. When you gonna play? I ain't right, forget her, forget all that. That's your personal business. When you gonna play, Zion? In 29 games. You missed the name of the game before. Your first season, you only played 21 games. Your second season, you missed 21 games. You played 24 games your first season. Missed 21 your second season. Didn't play your third season and only played 29 out of 82 games, your fourth season. I mean, damn, bro. No wonder you no wonder you ain't healthy. I'm talking about your legs. Talk about your legs. I'm just saying, man. Y'all focus on the wrong thing. Get your minds out of the gutter. That's his business. What I'm concerned about is we need those legs spry. We need you bench pressing with your big self. We need you bench pressing about 400 pounds. We need you running up and down that court. New Orleans needs you healthy. Do you understand that if you were healthy this year, Zion Williamson, New Orleans could be in the finals. Y'all could have beat Denver. You? C.J. McCullough? Brandon Ingram? Valentinus and those boys, you could have beat Denver. Y'all weren't even in the equation because you weren't healthy. Zion Williamson, ladies and gentlemen, Zion Williamson, in the last two seasons that he's played, the man has averaged 27 points on 61% shooting from the field and 26 points on 60% shooting from the field. He's a man child. But you can't get healthy. Your lower extremities were compromised. Some people will say evidently not all of them. I am not going there. I am simply saying I want to see you play. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. We see you back on the court, bro. Stories like this will fade into the twilight when you get back on the court. But if you can't get back on the court because your legs just ain't right. Let's just say this story might give folks cause to pause as to why you can't seem to get yourself healthy. Hmm. couple of questions before I get on out of here. From Samuel, Messi is the biggest athlete in the world. This is bigger than Michael Jordan going to Europe if that ever happened. I sincerely doubt that, my brother. If Michael Jordan in his day even after winning six championships and decided to go and play in Europe, I don't think this would have been bigger than that. Sorry. I'm sorry. Because Messi in America would not be as big of a deal as Jordan in Europe. Wesley Vaugh or Vaux, V-A-U-X. I get all the business arguments. Makes sense. Sometimes our opinions and what we want are irrational, yet we still want them. What would our reaction be if China bought the NBA? Honestly, Wes, I can honestly tell you from the bottom of my heart, I have no idea. Because when we live in a society that's quiet about so many things and has mostly a cafeteria-type attitude, towards a lot of different issues, some issues they care about, some issues they don't, some issues they want to address, some issues they don't. And we're very subjective in our thinking instead of principled. Who knows what the hell we would say if China bought the NBA? We might complain about it, but still go to our television sets and watch. That's just who we are, or at least it's what we've appeared to be on far too many occasions. Last question. I want one more. I think that's it. We don't have any more questions. That's fine. I want y'all to make sure to like and to follow and hit the notification bell to get updated with all our new content. I want to thank you for tuning in to today's show. Remember, we'll catch up. Uh, I'll be back on the air Friday, 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Really appreciate it. I got to run on over to uh, the Miami Heat. Denver Nuggets, game three. So I got to get on out of here. All right. Appreciate y'all tuning in. We will definitely catch up. Remember to subscribe to my YouTube channel. Keep those subscribers growing and coming. Thank you for your time. Much love to you. Until next time, peace and love. This has been a presentation of Cadence 13, an Odyssey company in association with Stephen A. Podcast Productions. Episodes of No Mercy are available now for free wherever you get your podcasts.